I'm Leah Witt. And I'm Billy Liggett. And this rhymes with orange. Dr. Lynn Albers is an assistant professor in the School of Engineering at Campbell University. She earned degrees from MIT and Manhattan College before earning her PhD in mechanical engineering from North Carolina State University in 2014. In addition to helping launch the School of Engineering here at Campbell, she's worked very closely with local high school and middle school students in helping them launch robotics programs. Uh, We're very happy to have her on Rhymes with Orange today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Albers. Thank you very much. It's well, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> we, uh, we begin every podcast with the same question, and uh, we're going to ask you, uh, how'd you get to Campbell? Well, that's a good question. Uh, when uh, looking back on, on how I came to Campbell, there were many factors that came together all at once. Um, one, I had just uh, finished at NC State. I was still living in Raleigh, and I love North Carolina. I've been here 20 years and just really love North Carolina. I love my church in Raleigh, and I wanted to sort of stay in the area. And um, when the opportunity to work at Campbell came, I definitely pursued it. Campbell didn't did not have a school of engineering, and uh, um, I imagine it might have sounded exciting also to come into a program where you're starting from the ground up? And yes, it was. There was a great opportunity to do things differently. So I had met Dr. Richard Felder and Dr. Rebecca Brent my first year as a grad student at NC State, and they taught me all about active learning and the importance of incorporating it into the engineering curriculum. Up until then, the engineering curriculum was very heavily favored toward uh, verbal learners, sequential learners, and I was neither. And I knew I I struggled. I still got through, but I struggled. And I knew there had to be a better way to teach everything than watching a person write equations on a board and sitting there and listening. And so my dissertation evolved into incorporating hands-on activities into a lecture. Now, I don't believe that you can actually eliminate the lecture. The lecture is still important. There are still those moments where you have to put the boring equations on the board and people have to take notes. But then you can reinforce these ideas with hands-on activities. And the beauty of hands-on activities is it provides a three-dimensional physical model that they can hold, look at, and then see, oh, this is why I use this math for that. That's the, the math I'm using describes this model. Right. And this is a way of communicating what's going on. And we, of course, math is the primary language of engineers. Um, so it's really important to help show the physics, show the model, and the math all at the same time. And models also help students grasp the concept and then able to take what they know and expand on it. So it helps them develop ideas that are one step further from where they are. Your example of kind of understanding your students where they are and bringing the lesson to them on a a level where they can understand it reminds me of your story of your guidance counselor kind of seeking you out and kind of jump-starting your interest in engineering. Can you tell me something about that or a little more about sure, that? Sure, sure. That was a long time ago. So, yeah, my guidance counselor, and it was very novel for the time. Um, he, he took me aside, and uh, based on my performance on some three-dimensional objects on paper that I could actually see how they would come apart and form, 
in space, he decided I would be really good at mechanical engineering. And that sort of has, has influenced me. What was also very influential is my third grade teacher. And she was very supportive of, of all my crazy ideas to build solar greenhouses and um, anything to do with solar and, and renewable energy at the time. Um, and so, so the combination was really influential looking back on it. It's, uh, looking back, that's really pretty much all I remember. <laughs> I notice for the, we're on a podcast, so this is usually Billy's line. You can't really see our guest, but she has a class ring from MIT on. And I've been trying to catch a glimpse of what's on the top of it. Um, I see the, I'm not sure what the building's called, but um, all of this leads into my question. MIT is known for having notorious senior pranks. <laughs> yes. um, were there any during mm-hmm. your time there or any that you are, admire? I think I think during my time it was when they put the police car with the box of donuts on the top of the building. I believe that happened either right when I was there or, or a year or two afterwards. And yes, MIT is known for its its hacks, is what we call it. Um, uh, and um, yeah, those were fun. Those were a lot of fun back in the day. So. Well, I heard overheard in the in Marsh Banks a couple weeks ago there were some pranksters that were trying to get a table or chairs up on top of Marsh Banks and so. <laughs> Campbell also had the uh, I, I guess the most famous prank I heard was the uh, kids back in the 30s or 40s who led the cow up to the top of Kivet <laughs> and left it up there. The yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's a pretty good one. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the students today. Maybe they're afraid. So you talked about the hands-on approach. I understand that that's a very important strategy for the new school here. Can you talk about um, how Campbell students learn, uh, how, how they learn differently than maybe what engineering classes were learning maybe 10 years ago? So the students here learn by doing. And my favorite phrase is, is it's all in the doing. Um, and basically, they have opportunities to to use tools that they normally wouldn't have a chance to use at other universities. Um, For example, in our first year engineering design class, they get to use the mill. The mill works both as a drill press and a mill, so they're really nice tools. Uh, We also take for granted that students uh, don't always come in with a certain skill set that we assume. I know when I was teaching fluids um, several years ago, I I had another hands-on activity where I handed students uh, a kit filled with uh, PVC piping of different diameters and different elbow sh- uh, angles and and connectors. And there was a group of young ladies who were working together, and it took them the longest to put it together because, one, they had never handled PVC piping before. Mm-hmm. And so, so we take it for granted that maybe... We assume, I think, that, that all engineering students come in with some sort of experience with hands-on activities, such as plumbing or electrical work, but it's not true. I mean, many do. Many have a parent who shows them all these things at home, or they get summer jobs where they're working as an electrician or a plumber or on cars, Um, but that's not the case for everyone. And so the beauty of of the first-year engineering course is that students actually get to use all these drills. They get to use a a power drill, maybe some for the first time, they get to use wrenches and screwdrivers and hammers. And then, of course, the mill is pretty cool, and, and then a lathe. And that's just the, f- the first-year design course. I know um, right now we have other class labs going on where students are using microscopes 
and other equipment. And again, a microscope is something maybe they not have not seen before coming here. You're, curr you're currently in the second year of the school, and I guess next year is the important third year for, for, the, for the students who started last year. They'll be entering their junior year. And I guess your program has to grow with every incoming class. So I understand you're adding new professors every year. Um, what's this program going to look like uh, in two years when you have a full four years worth of students in it? Uh, um, how, how large is this school going to be? And what do you think uh, the faculty numbers are going to be? Um, and I guess you're also growing out of your buildings too already. So <laughs> We are. We've already grown out of our space. Hence, Campbell was kind enough to build a whole new annex for us, which is housing all of our class labs for junior uh, and senior and sophomore years. Um, and definitely we're adding new faculty every year. Um, uh, there's a committee in the process right now, which is exciting. So it's hard to tell you how many faculty we'll have in two years and what the size of our classes are, but we do know our retention rate is higher than most engineering schools across the country. And I think a lot of that is due to the active learning approach that we're applying to all our courses. I know I'm in the process of developing the what we call the energy lab. And the energy lab is gonna house uh, traditional courses like thermo, heat transfer, and fluids. But we're going to take a much more hands-on approach where students are going to be able to um, build things and look at control volumes and control pressure and uh, more hydrostatics and hydrodynamics in the lab. Uh, therefore, understanding more that these three courses, while we split them out, are really all just about manipulating energy, uh, changing its form, making it do work, and, and helping us uh, live a better life, essentially. Well, and finally, um, so a couple years ago, I got to go to an event that I absolutely loved, and it was at the convention center here on campus. And I got to go on the floor of the convention center and stand around hundreds of high school kids who were cheering on their robots in the middle of this pit. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, I originally thought robotics competitions would be like the two robots would fight until the death, but... <laughs> But it was much different. The, the robots had to perform tasks and put mm -hmm. balls in different places and move things. It was fascinating. And watching the kids light up and, and become part of a team, was it was like going to a sporting event. And uh, a lot of that is happening here because of you and because of your involvement with uh, local high schools and the robotics programs. Uh, tell me how you got started into that and, and what does having these robotics teams, uh, what does this do for, for these high school students? So, so First, I, I think the first thing I need to do is thank everyone who's helped in the process because um, running the first robotics competition team, we're Team 6003, Team SUM, um, is a team effort, very much a team effort, and it's very important at the high school level to understand that these teams require a lot of mentors, a lot of people, a lot of different people help out, a lot of people uh, help with different aspects, and the robotics team is more than just robots in competing in a competition, although that is the most fun part. The fighting to the death doesn't happen either. <laughs> yeah, sadly. and the beauty about FIRST is actually it's not battle bots. It's, right. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually an opportunity to teach students to collaborate, to cooperate, um, to work with each other. It's very much encouraged that each team help each other out. So when you're in the pits and say someone, someone's robot has broken, other teams will step up with parts to help out. I know in our first competition this past year, 
uh, our wheels were destroyed in the first in the first event. And um, we immediately said, hey, does anyone have these wheels? And sure enough, three teams came over. Unfortunately, none of the wheels were the right size. <laughs> so we still ingeniously uh, figured out that we we took our soldering iron and just melted the rubber on them, and it sort of melted the rubber back together. Um, and so we, we salvaged our own wheels for the event and did really well. We walked away from that weekend with an excellence in engineering award for for two things, one, the round robot, and um, and two, the arm, the mechanical arm. Our students were the only ones who thought ahead and, and thought, well, how are we actually going to pick things up off the floor? Nobody else had thought about, oh, gears are going to fall on the floor. We need to be able to pick them up. And our robot was the only one that weekend that could actually go around and pick up gears off the floor. And that's, and that's important, too, because that's part of the design process, and students are learning the design process. They go through many iterations of their ideas. They have an idea, they build it. It doesn't work quite the way they want, so they have to go back and, and try again. And that's the whole idea of the engineering design process. So they're learning that. They're learning team teamwork. They're learning about new tools. All of them learned how to use the mill and, and a lathe and power drills, And it's exciting. I think I remember you telling me uh, a lot of these kids that don't or didn't play sports weren't heavily involved in athletics, and and these had kind of that athletic atmosphere mm-hmm. where, where crowds were cheering them on, and and uh, it felt like an event like that, and sure. that's what I found very exciting about it. Yeah, I I do love I do think first robotics is a wonderful experience. Um, it helps a lot of students sort of um, find their people, which is really nice, and they they find an environment that they love to be in and they love to grow in. Uh, one of our students uh, through robotics has learned that he loves LabVIEW and so uh, he's going to be pursuing a career uh, in programming with LabVIEW. Um, so he would not have known that had he not done this. Well that's so awesome and you mentioned helping them find their people. I'm glad that Campbell found you and that you're one of our people now. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. I know we try to keep things lighthearted on our show, but in light of recent events, I want to remind the Campbell community that there will be a blood drive on campus on Tuesday, October 10th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The Greek Programming Board is hosting this event. Also, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the tragedies, natural disasters, or you just need someone to talk to, our Counseling Services office is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. They're located on Leslie Campbell Avenue, beside Memorial Baptist Church, and across from Luby Wood Residence Hall. Okay, now that the heavy stuff is out of the way, let's chat about October. It is October, and it is personally, um, well, maybe November's my favorite, but October's a close second. Yeah, October's one of my favorite months, um, mainly because there's black and orange decor everywhere. I mean, if you like to craft for Campbell, you need to go to a craft store right now and stock up. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to craft, but I'll keep well, that in mind. Well, you are missing out. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's Why is October one of your favorite months, Billy? Oh, man. Where do I begin? Um, I am a fall fanatic. Um, I'm not a pumpkin spice guy, but I am a... Uh, you I love am, the type, though. <laughs> no, I am a walk outside, um, breathe it in, love the cold fronts type of guy. I, I saw an onion headline last year that uh, 
it was something to the extent of Fall Guy finally in his element, and it showed this <laughs> really smug guy walking down the street with a scarf and a and a jacket and breathing it in. I'm not quite scarf jacket guy, but I am. I am breathe it in and appreciate it, guy. And uh, my wife is is summer. She she loves the summer. She loves the beach. But this is this is where I'm in my element. I, I, football, leaves, everything. And uh, and uh, today is actually my daughter's eighth birthday. So happy birthday, Haley. Oh, that's, that's awesome. another that's another reason October is so great. Well, I my mom's birthday is on October first. So well, there you go. Isn't that cool? So why do you like fall? I mean, well, October. I mean, why October? October, I'm like you. I'm a fall, fall gal. Um, I recently got into knitting, so now I can wear all my beautiful scarves that I've made all summer long. So you are a scarf girl then? I am totally a okay. scarf girl. But um, I think October, it's like that for at the land of academia. It's when fall break hits. Midterms are here, so you kind of can assess where you are in your classes. And then at Campbell... Homecoming always happens at the end of October, and a homecoming is, is my favorite Campbell tradition. Yeah, I like homecoming here at Campbell too, and and uh, one of the big reasons actually is is kind of the family atmosphere. When you're a college student, homecoming is different for many different reasons. But you know, to be able to bring my family to campus on homecoming weekend, uh, my kids love the parade. They love the buckets of candy they get. Uh, football games here. I know the. The Barker Lane Stadium atmosphere is rated one of the best football atmospheres for the FCS programs in the nation, and it's true. Um, and, and it all goes back to the weather and everything, but the way they do homecoming here is uh, is really special, and I hope the students do appreciate it because I go back to my college days at Stephen F. Austin, and uh, and I really enjoyed homecoming for several different reasons, but <laughs> uh, I won't go into those right now. But um, it's a lot different coming coming from a different perspective, being a parent, and uh, and uh, I think Campbell does it right. Yeah. Now, the one question that I want to know is, do you wait in the line for your kids to ride the Campbell at homecoming? Oh, uh, we tried. Um, I, we did last year. Yeah, we did. And I want to say... Um, I want to say my son chickened out when he got up onto the steps. So we waited in line, and then it did not happen. Uh, hopefully it'll happen this year. What my what my kids like most about it, though, um, my sons love the fire truck. <laughs> I could just and now set there's them, the orange and yes, black fire truck. Yes, I could truck. just set them by the fire truck, and they would sit there and just look at it for a good 30 minutes. And I could probably leave them there and go do stuff and come back, and they'd still be standing next to the fire truck. I don't do that, but I probably could. And then uh, my daughter, um, she just she's eight now, which is really weird for me because a lot of different things are happening for an eight-year-old. She doesn't want themed birthday parties anymore. She wants friends to come over and have slumber parties. She's worried about how her hair looks now. It's getting really weird. But when she's here, she likes to watch the college girls and how they interact, and that's scaring me to death because <laughs> I don't want her to be a college girl just yet. Well, I mean, you've got a good crowd as a role model here. They're not bad. They're not bad, but still. Yeah, that, <laughs> still. I can imagine that's a little scary. Well, yeah. for those who don't know, Homecoming is on October 28th. The Fighting Camels play Jacksonville. Um, the week leading up to it, there's a senior networking dinner, there is Tag Day, which is Think a Giver Day. So we'll have people out on campus where you can write thank you notes to the generous donors who supply us with the funds and the resources necessary to fund scholarships. 
And I believe the Alumni Association is hosting Alumni Village during homecoming. So there will be a band and food trucks, so it'll be a great time. Rhymes with Orange is a product of Campbell University's Office of Communications and Marketing. Vice President for Advancement is Dr. Rick Davis. And Assistant Vice President for Communications and Marketing is Haven Hoddle. Rhymes with Orange is co-produced by Sarah Harden, Director of Marketing. Director of Visual Identity is Jonathan Bronsink. And Director of Web Design is Nikki Zawal. Your hosts are Leah Witt, that's me, and Billy Liggett. Uh, so if you do find us on iTunes, uh, you can please subscribe to us and uh, rate us. Um, tell us what you think. Give us feedback. We'd like to know um, who's listening and what you would like to see on Rhymes with Orange. Uh, come back next Wednesday for more compelling interviews with the people who make Campbell University what it is, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Until then, go Camels. Go team. <laughs>